to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa, sponsored by Carnation, airing live on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM in New Orleans. This show's entrance has been edited, produced, and directed by Gwen Clapper from Perfect Trust Productions, LLC. You can find us at PerfectTrustProductions.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday night's segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We're broadcasting live from the International Public Radio and the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM from New Orleans. This evening's show is fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We love them. Um, You'll have to do a few things in order to participate. Go over to the YouTube channel, UFO Paranormal Radio, or International Public Radio. You can also go into all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Um, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, and also Twitch, SoundCloud, and Podbean. And also you can go over to our group, Horsefly Chronicles Radio. And if you have any questions for our beautiful guests sitting over there, please ask. So tonight, welcome our very own Michelle DeRocious. Not only um, does she do an amazing job of managing the network, <laughs> She's been professionally researching the unexplained and successfully working in media for the past 20 years with her area of study focused primarily on hauntings and demonic attachments. She's the creator and producer to the very popular and award-nominated radio show, The Outer Rim, to which she, uh, she hosts with the amazing Amelia Pisano and the Grey Zone Uncensored that she co-hosts with the owner of our network, Mr. Joe Montaldo. Um, And she has been featured all over TV. So please welcome her to the show. Welcome. Yay. (laughs) Can you hear us? Well. (laughs) Do you imagine if we can't hear her? There you go. There we go. Halloween trick. You leave me in charge of the soundboard. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me to my own devices. I was like, we can't hear the manager of the network. We can't hear. (laughs) Well, Michelle, welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio. We go back quite a few years. Yes. Um, As far as I can remember, it's like the last five, six years that I've been Mm -hmm. the paranormal. Michelle has a. You know, very large resume. Yeah, you know, I see all over television. Yeah, I want to know really, like, how did you get into the paranormal? Like, what happened to you? Did something happen to you as a child to really like push you into the whole world of paranormal? Oh gosh, um, yeah, it's a long story, but I'll I'll condense it. <laughs> um, I mean, I come from a family of mediums, so I've been able to see the dead from a very young age. I was fortunate that my mother 
um, was pretty understanding about it. It wasn't discouraged in me at all. If, you know, if I would see somebody, she would show me old family photographs to see if there was somebody I can pick out just to make sure that I was dealing with maybe visiting family members and nothing to really be concerned about. Whereas my father was sort of like, that's crazy. There's nothing here. The house is settling. It's nothing. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until later on in life when my dad would tell me about all these experiences he had. I'm like, you led me to believe that you didn't believe in any of this stuff. So it was crazy, but because he had had all kinds of experiences himself. So it turns out that I had both sides of my family who were, you know, involved in all of this. But as I got to be, you know, the typical preteen age, you know, things started taking a bit of a different turn. And I started having something more malevolent coming in. And I also know now after being, you know, researching for so many years that I was also most likely projecting energy and creating a lot of poltergeist activity myself because I could get all kinds of things to happen within the home. But I know something came in, um, which was of a more malevolent nature and would cause a lot of havoc in the home and a lot of heaviness. Um, mm -hmm. But then again, I, you know, knowing what I know now, um, I was, I was also a contactee and an extraterrestrial experiencer and the two of them, which I, you know, came to learn later on in life, um, do very much go hand in hand. So over time, getting married, having children going, I don't like the mix of the children with anything otherworldly. So I sort of shut down my abilities or shelved them, I guess, um, not realizing that, you know, my children would be able to see, and I really did have to say tuned in. There's all kinds of things were, were going on. So I, I sort of got drawn into it. And um, here I am 20 years later. Amazing. Yeah. 20 years later. Um, so you have a life, you know, life journey pretty much, right? It's been a life journey for sure. I mean, I got involved in the paranormal probably early or, or mid-03. So I'm going into 20 decades of just being... Um, or 20 years of just being in the field itself doesn't count anything that's happened to me before school of hard knocks, as they say, in a paranormal yeah. way. <laughs> all right. So this is Halloween 2022. And for all listeners yes. out there, here's what we want to do. Uh -oh. We're the Horse Black Chronicles home. You're Michelle. You're the investigator. We live in a haunted house and we want to hear your most horrifying story oh. and location. Great question. Oh, wow. That's a that's a really great question. But there's, there's a good mix. He's going to get Halloween. a lot of good questions. In okay, I like it. I like it. Um, I've, you know, if we're going with a typical home investigation, I've had two that were probably really stuck in my mind. Uh, and I've done many, I mean, many, many investigations. One was a haunted location on Lake Huron, which was just amazing. It was not frightening to me, frightening to a lot of people because you had a, you had a, a demonic sort of entity there that was there for, oh my gosh, it, it was there probably for at least 100 years and probably instrumental for the death of the original family or at least some of the family members. And it would call my house. I've got like multiple recordings of it, hundreds of hours of recordings, AVPs, but many because it would call the house and you pick up the phone and you hear something growling at you. And, you know, yeah, I, I could get called every name in the book. And the first time it ever spoke to me was when I was on the phone with the homeowner and, and uh, 
I had to hand it to her because <laughs> she'd be in this big old house by herself a lot because her husband worked away during the week. And anyway, she goes, I just have to go drop this in the post the post box just outside at the end of the driveway. I said, okay. She goes, I'm just gonna put the phone down. I'll be right back. I'm like, okay. So I could hear her going down the old servant stairs at the back. I could hear her go. I heard her go out. I heard her talking to the postmaster, all of that. And then something starts playing and fiddling with the phone. All I hear is the dogs just going crazy. There was like three dogs and that was just going crazy. I'm going, what's going on? And somebody picks up the phone and, and calls me basically an, you know, an F and C word. And I was just like, I never had anything speak to me from the other side, other than in an EVP. This is real time on the phone. It goes, you, I'm just like, Oh, so she have a potty mouth. That's seriously the best thing I could come up with was a potty mouth. And then it went ah, like this. And it's just, the dogs are going crazy still. And it's, it was on there for like a few seconds. I bet you 30 seconds. And she came back. She goes, what's all the commotion? The dogs are going nuts. I'm like, Oh, I got something to tell you. <laughs> Just, wow. Yeah. It, I, you know, I spent probably three years investigating that location. Um, so it was definitely one of those uh, standing moments that just stayed in my mind. So, so let's think about this. You're, you're telling us that a spirit or enemy called you. Oh, that would happen. Mm -hmm. Not just happen? me. Other people. No, no, no. Or... Actually, that's happened to me in the '90s. At my okay. parents' home. How does it happen? I believe that spirits can ride um, radio waves. Obviously, because we play with ghost boxes, and we, sometimes you catch EVPs. You can hear music in the background. I think they can travel. They can, you know, hitch a ride on a phone line, sort of thing. It was. It was because this was always um, on, like, uh, on my landline at first. So I'm thinking, okay, I could see how they could attach to that energy and work their way through. It's still something that a lot of researchers are like, that's really interesting. It's an interesting theory. Um, and then it happened, it started happening a couple times with my cell phone. And I thought, how are they doing that? Because we were in the infancy of cell phones, seriously, like, you know, 2007, back then, 2008. I mean, it's not like what it is now. You can't tell flip phones and, you know. And, um, and I would, I remember being on the phone and when I got off the phone and not even with, with the homeowner of this house, I was on the regular phone call with just a family member. And there were two voicemail messages when I got off the phone. I'm like, I didn't even beep through because I always had the two lines on my phones. And, and there it was, you know, that same tone in the voice and everything else. And I was just like, that is a curiosity. But I do believe that they can ride the waves. I do believe they can more than than do that. You know, uh, there's a comment. Fascinating. They can. Back in the '90s, at my parents' home, I hadn't attached my whole life, and um, I remember calling the TV show Sightings, and I wanted to speak to Peter Jennings and tell him what's going on. This is like in the early '90s, and then the phone started going staticky, real staticky, and then yeah. I would disconnect the call. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm looking at the phone line. I'm checking everything out, plugging it into a different wall jack. And mm -hmm. I call back about a half hour later and it starts to crackle again. And it yeah. dies out. Yep. And then um, a couple of days later, I gave up on that. A couple of days later, I'm talking to a friend about my attachment. And again, mm -hmm. it's crackling and it dies out. So you're correct. It, it listens. It knows. It's not mm -hmm. like it, it's picking up. I mean, I would hope not. That's picking up the phone <laughs> on the other side saying, hello, because I'm listening to you. 
I mean, right. can you just imagine? But uh, it goes through the line. Somehow they're able to manipulate electronics. And it's, it's fascinating and scary at the same time, but yet mm -hmm. it's true. Um, right. There's some things we just cannot explain. I mean, I've heard stories where someone was buried. This is back a few years ago, actually. And the person that was just recently buried is calling up the daughter. Mm -hmm. But they're gone. Right, see. Yeah, and it's like, well, how is this possible? And it's possible because, and this is important for the listener out there. It's possible, and yet remember that the other side always listens. Mm -hmm. So we we mm -hmm. have to talk as if we're, you know trying to respect a friend or something. And again, mm -hmm. it could be a negative entity that like, you know, in your case, I you don't know who you're messing with. I don't know who was messing with me. Well, I may know now, but um, they can do these things. And then you have to say to yourself, if they can do yeah. that, mm -hmm. what else can they do to us? Michelle, mm -hmm. what can they do to us? They can do just about anything they want. <laughs> Um, I think it gets funky because there's a lot of researchers out there who don't believe that that entities or spirits can can harm us. But if they can pick something up or project something, if we can do that with psychokinesis and direct our energy to something, you know, people can open, create footsteps, open and close doors, throw things from across the room. I would not want to be on the receiving end of something flying across the room at me. It's going to hurt. People have been pushed down the stairs. People have been scratched. So I don't really go with the theory that that energy can't hurt you in one form or another. I believe that it can to a degree. So if, if you're sitting there standing at the top of the stairs, I mean, this house here, um, a lot of people would say, I have a really uneasy feeling at the top of the stairs. And we've come to learn just through, you know, many multiple people have come through here to film or mediums and things like that. They're like, somebody was pushed from the top of the stairs here. And we're just like, yeah, that would explain why everybody had this, this fear, this standing at the top of the stairs, a sense of uneasiness. So I most certainly do think that they can, they can, you know, cause a degree of harm. They also know what's in your head. So mm -hmm. this is where sometimes, you know, even with Ouija boards and things like that, it's, man it's, it's manipulated because they know what's in your head. I always say to people who are trying to use some sort of, of a communication device, clear your mind because you're going to get all the answers you want. Whatever is in your head, they're going to give it to you. They're going to, and they'll give you more because they know more about you than you think. How many investigations have I been on where they already knew I was coming? Oh yeah. Because I've had things basically show up at my house before. I, you know, I had a really malevolent case I was going to. It was the first time I was going to be going to uh, meet with this individual. They had it really, really bad. Um, you know, the church wouldn't help them. Nobody would help them. Priests would come in. Things were flying off shelves, and he was just like, "Okay, I'll get back to you." Never did. So uh, eventually, through the grapevine, it came to me, and. I was just up in my ensuite getting ready, um, you know, and I could hear this thing was a knocker. So it knocked on my bedside table three times and I, and I stopped, I knew right away. So I walked out and grabbed my purse and I said, I'll see you in an hour. Mr. Grabbed my purse and went out the door because I just don't acknowledge acknowledgement is empowerment. So I just oh. don't do it. I'm just like, you're totally inconsequential to me. My concern is the family. I don't care what you're doing. 
and we caught him on recording as I was going through a walkabout. I call it a walkabout, just going from room to room. And I got there. That woman, like, literally threw herself, dropped to her knees and wrapped herself around me. I was just like, oh, my God, this is this is bad. Everything that this family had been through is horrific. Amazing. The it's impressions true. of energy. And it's true what you said that, you know, you have to, like, just try to... Well, ignore as best as you can. It's not always that easy to, though. Acknowledgement but, is power because your words are power, your mind is power, your thoughts right. are power. Right. And they feed off of that, and they know mm -hmm. that if they can create fear, fear creates right. negativity. Negativity creates mm -hmm. the darkness. The darkness creates the conditions and the control. Yeah. And to the listener out there, I can tell you firsthand, whether we choose to believe or we don't believe or we're skeptical mm -hmm. and questionable of can they actually harm me, you know, mm -hmm. look. I could first they attest can. that I've seen things going way back from the 80s mm. um, that are unexplainable to people. So, yes, they can oppress, possess, scratch, burn. By It's well, rare. It's it. very rare, but it does happen. It does. And I've seen it, it, it happen. If you Jake, it's back to oh, my yeah. face right in front of it us. It happens under the most intense circumstances of thought when mm -hmm. you feed it the energy and wants mm -hmm. um, i always say it's like that pinhole of light the light is fear into its um its darkness and it just it, it can do things that you know you really can't explain i mean have you ever done an investigation michelle and then you look in a mirror and then you don't see you you see something <laughs> oh my gosh i'll, I'll one-up it here's a comment from wayne and he said, at this house on Lake Huron, he goes, photos were taken in this place with you and other members of the team where the original family members' faces were superimposed over yours. And then there was a demonic entity in the photo. I'll tell you something. We were sitting down at a table and it was an event that we were doing that that, that um, the homeowners should do tours. And it was like a bed and breakfast. And she goes, could you do a seance? I went, I'm like, okay. Oh, you know, absolutely. We can be in control of this thing. This goes to show you, it doesn't matter what season you are. So we, we sat there and there were other people at the table bringing forward. The original family was still stuck in the house. And a younger man, a little young guy came to me. He was probably about, you know, eight or nine, 10 years old. And they would do tours of the house all the time. They became very friendly with the owners, like the two families. And I could sense something come up behind me. So I grabbed him and pulled him into me because I couldn't send him away at this point. There was something behind both of us. So I pulled him into me and I held him. And in my mind, I'm just trying to back this off. So mom thought, oh, this is great. That is a great picture. Snaps the photo, sends the photo a few days later when she was going through them. My face looked like the original woman of the house huh. and, and my really? colleague looked like totally different and there was a young man probably a 21 22 a researcher who was a guest researcher there who looked like the original homeowner the husband who was you know like had a receding hairline you could see it and behind this boy that i was holding you could see this demonic entity you could see the horns you could see it had a bit of a snout. You could see the white of the eyes. It was crazy. So, yes, I absolutely <laughs> have been in situations where I didn't have to look in the mirror. I mean, it was caught right there 
on yeah. photograph like forever to see. So let me ask you something. That's interesting that you said that. And, you know, this is something that a lot of people question. Do you think, and I'm not going to mention names, that certain celebrities, singers, this pitches that capture them not looking like them, that they look like something else as they're performing. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's something more sinister behind that? I think that it's so hard because we're in a digital age. See, I, I remember back in the day, you know, a lot of the, the EVPs I did were on, I still prefer to do EVPs when possible on a cassette and only one side. So the sound can't bleed to the other side with, you know, a lot of people like Polaroid cameras for the same reason, film cameras, because the image, when you can look at a negative and you can see a spirit in that negative, you can't fudge that. The only way it gets fudged it once once it gets to the computer and it starts getting messed around with yeah. and downloaded. So we live in a digital age. It's really difficult to see what's what anymore. Some people are really good at falsifying things. True. But spirits and entities can step in easily. Like when that photo was taken, I didn't feel anything inside me. But I'm thinking what she did is she stepped in front of me. And this is what the family members did. They would, so many recordings came out of that house. So many people had phenomenal experiences. But I think sometimes these things either meld with your energy. They step in front of you. They step in you for a moment. You know, their energy, energy can meld with our energy. You know, that's so. It. So let's say you have 10,000 people in an audience. You're a top performer. And this does happen is the entity then getting stronger because there's so many people within the audience that is feeding off of that and, and getting up like a an energy rush off of that and i'm gonna i'm not again i'm not gonna say names but there's like a concert of like a year year sure. and a half ago when the actual performer was watching thousands of people uh rush like to the, like to the mm -hmm. front stage and people were trampled and killed Oh yeah, I remember. He was actually watching and not doing anything and then kind of That's singing it. along a hymn yeah. as this is happening. Mm -hmm. Now, is it possible that they can, can, you know, you said in the beginning of the show, which is true, that they come to visit you before you will go to a location. And we know that firsthand. Mm -hmm. So that is it possible? It doesn't just have to be a haunted house. Oh, it can absolutely. be where there's a lot of people where they can feed off the crowd's energy. All it takes is one person to come in with an attachment <laughs> and that oh. thing bring, can, can bring others with them. I have yet to go to a location where there's more, where there's less than one or one and less, like just one. No, most of the time, you know, there are others as well. I think once that door is open, it's open. So all it takes really is one person to come in with that attachment and, and feed the frenzy. These things, negative energy, and I, when I say negative, it's things such as fear, depression, anxiety, addictions, um, things that, that keep people down will be amplified. Can they create those things as well? Yes, I believe they can. Um, but when you have that or you suffer from things like that and you are sad or you're mad, um, they feed off of it. It's it's food for them. This is why they people in these situations 
Okay, this is why it amps up. It, it plays the game of divide and conquer. So it gets everybody fighting with each other. It isolates isolates you from people who could potentially help you. Emails don't go through. Phone calls don't go through. You know, you might think, oh, I haven't talked to this person for a while. I'm going to contact them. No. Then all of a sudden that thought's not there anymore. And you just seem to withdraw more and more and more. So if you're going into one of these places, one of these concerts that, you know, people are having a good time, but there's so much energy being ramped up that this is stuff. It's just like a, it could be like a feeding frenzy, but you think good energy would be better. You know I mean? It's more powerful, but all it takes is just, you know, you have 10,000 people. What if, what if you have a thousand, mm -hmm. only a small percentage that comes in with some kind of an attachment or under something's watchful eye? Can you imagine mm -hmm. <laughs> what's going on in that room? Wouldn't take much. That's scary thoughts, and yet it's true. It is. Um, and I and there's also the question: Do some of the top performers again? It's just a question. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, do you think that it's possible they practice maybe some of the darker arts for the um, exchange of fame and wealth? Because we know those stories are all over. Sure. So did they sell out, in other words? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think there's you, you can look at it from two different angles. I mean, you go back into the 70s, for example, you look at Jimmy Page. I mean, he owned Aleister Crowley's home. He basically was a practitioner of that occult uh, magic, you know, like like this was a thing that was going on. The Church of Satan was huge. You had all these celebrities who were members with Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan. It was a thing to do. Um, I'm sure there are still, there's still Crowley practitioners out there even now. So you have that element of, of practitioners and it's a lifestyle for many. Um, a lot of it gets misunderstood, you know, like there's good witches and everybody thinks, ah, you know, burn them all at the sake. No, it doesn't work that way. Okay. Like this is not all, all bad. This was old Celtic and pagan traditions that got bastardized as, you know, religion became a thing. But when you're looking at sellouts for example did people sell out for fame and fortune well i can tell you i mean i've i've been in contact with spirits who have been held back and when i say did i said you sold out and i won't say who this celebrity was i was asked to come to an event and mm -hmm. this event you know they wanted they they started the people that were there were doing you know um spirit communication and when i said you sold out huh. it was like Yes, ma'am. I'm like, oh, because I kept saying, why are you here? Why are you not moved on? He goes, he won't let me. I went, he? Oh, I just and then I heard a growl come through and I went, oh. everybody heard it. Everyone was just like, it was like a spirit box thing. And I was just like, oh, wow. That became a rescue. I said, I promise I will come back and help you. And I did. We did. My team did. Absolutely. So does it happen? Yeah, 100% happens. A lot of celebrities have come forward and have whistleblown on that. So what do you think, you know, when, when you, I mean, and we've worked with people, just everyday people who've sold out their souls for whatever reason to become successful in business or successful in love. And what do you think when your physical body dies out that the deal is done? No, no, they do come and collect. Believe me. They realize that in the moment. And that's, that's the problem. They, it is a problem. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. We have so seen spirits with attachments. Yeah. We found spirits with attachments still. Yeah.
There was one guy who murdered his family. He had no recollection of it. When we removed the, the attachment, I said, you murdered your family. And this, it was a spirit individual and he just cried because he had the attachment at the time of the murder, which went back to 1800s. How long has that soul been tormented? It happens, people. Careful what you do. Careful. That's so true. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here a short time in the physical mm -hmm. realm, but you sell your soul and there's no time on that side. So your yeah, essence yeah. is your most precious, you know, it's yours. It's the one thing you have. It's yours. Why are you giving away for nothing? It's sad because we know this. Yes. And studying, but these people, they really, they really don't get it. Well, then it goes back to different beliefs. Like you have the Freemasons, you have the Illuminati, yeah. you have different, you know, organizations that gain power from, you know, you always see the goat's head in a lot of these things, the symbol of the goat's yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's Baphomet. And that was an old pagan god that just got, brought in like you have practitioners of the old pagan and celtic ways there's ancient knowledge out there with druidism and all sorts of things it's a whole other show because believe me there's a lot of information but the church has come forward when they when they would come in and and take over countries or you know in in different civilizations they slowly amalgamated halloween was one of them they they amalgamated those ancient traditions and brought them and incorporated their own traditions into it but when you look at some of the the, the demons the demons that the church has listed they're pagan old pagan gods wow. does, it, does it make them you know like what is it the mindset changes what was instilled into us um as to you know, we were taught to fear, but these were beings, many of them, not all of them, because believe me, there's there's a huge book, you know, with a lot of names of demons and stuff. But, you know, a lot of the bigger ones that we're familiar with were, in fact, considered, you know, pagan deities or demigods or, you know, things like that. Interesting. Very Celtic interesting. traditions, ancient. What is your what is your opinion on the Amityville case? Amityville is a, a tough one. Amityville is a tough one. I have had the privilege of meeting Lorraine on a couple of occasions. And, um, you know, I believed her when she said, oh, yeah. you know, she looked at me one day and she said, that house almost killed us. Yeah. And, oh, I, I believe, yeah. You know, I mean, I've had Laura DiDio on the show. I mean, Amelia and I have interviewed her and she spoke in great detail. She's one of the reporters who, who, who broke all this, you know, like it was just like, she was there the night that there was a seance, you know, um, she knew she had gotten and worked with yeah. Hans Holzer. Like there's a lot, there was a group of them. But how much of it becomes, uh, sorry. I reached out to her the other day too. To Laura? Um, to the reporter. Uh, yeah, Laura, I can hook you up. Yeah. yeah. If you have, yeah, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Um, She's done the show a couple of times, two different perspectives of the same thing. It's just brilliant, really brilliant. She's very knowledgeable. Um, but how much of this was empowered by the mindset of the people who believed it and focused on it so much? It almost to me has a like like it's like a tulpa effect, you know, like Slenderman was a tulpa created on a website that so many people put put 
thoughts and characteristics and energy into it that there started being sightings all over the world of this thing. How much, uh, you know, of Amityville was that? Because when it came out, there was nothing else like it. But, you know, I've, I've spoken a little bit with Christopher, spoken a little bit with, with Laura, you know, and Lorraine. There was something in that house without a doubt. There was something in the house. But I think media sensationalizes everything mm -hmm. and makes it an even bigger thing than maybe what it was. There was something. There was something definitely there. Well, I guess one real question is, in your opinion, do you think that he really did what he did because of the voices in his head? Like, well, he was said to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, an avid drug user. What yeah. I believe just in working around malevolent hauntings and attachment, that when you are on a substance, whether it be alcohol or drugs, people do ayahuasca and mushrooms and DMT for the same effect to open you up mm -hmm. so you can communicate with those things that are around. Was yeah. he so opened up that something did come in and went, oh, because you're vulnerable. Your subconscious is so wide open that these things just wait to come in. I mean, people have been, have done drugs and come back totally different. This is why people say, oh, well, this person's schizophrenic. Uh, I think this person, you know, really something came in and, and took over. And I remember speaking to, to um, someone um, about this who who had seen something at a hospital he saw a shadow coming down a ceiling going towards this young this young guy it goes the guy was only about maybe you know 16 17 years old and he goes i intervene and i said no don't don't do it to him come to me and the thing went right back up and came to him and within he said within a year i was i was in this position where it was like okay schizophrenia is it schizophrenia or there's a fine line between schizophrenia and a demonic oppression very yeah. fine line and it's hard to like how do you pinpoint that i always ask that question i mean that's such a hard thing to to, yes. to i need permission when, when i would work these cases and i hate to say cases because these are all people so i apologize mm -hmm. for that when i work with people in this situation um i will usually request some sort of psychiatric or psychological assessment. And because a lot of times they'll put them on medication and doctors will say as long, I need permission from them to work with, with these people because I don't want to make things worse. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. Um, but depending on the religious background, I need to be able to go through certain steps, especially with Catholics. You know, there are certain things they require. And um, with permission then I'll say, okay. And usually permission comes with just don't take them, don't let them go off the medication. I'm like, fair enough. And, and that's usually how it goes. You have to be very careful in situations like, yeah. situations like that. So there's a really, really fine line. Yeah. You have to be very, very careful. This is somebody's lives that, you, that, that we are, you know, this is a life. You're working on, in, you know, with attachments or potential oppression. You have to remember, this is not about getting all the evidence and getting, you know, experiences and that manic EVP that people think they're going to make a million dollar on their dime. It doesn't now. God, I've got hundreds of hours of this stuff. You want to get growled at? Yeah. I'll give you growlies all freaking day. Yeah. yeah you know, like, 
I agree with you. You know, actually, when we feel I've helped, you know, a few people, mm-hmm. we don't use any of that stuff ever. I don't yeah. like it, to, to be honest. We yeah. just come in with ourselves and what we feel and what we say because, right? But that's what you have to do. It's not, it's I not can tell by talking to somebody pretty much what they're going through. Yeah. And then I can direct myself one way or another and go, okay, this is what I think this is. I don't go investigating at homes. It's been years since I've done that because I'm not going to give attention to something that wants all the attention. They want to draw you away from that family because they don't want you to, they want that family help. They want you to walk away thinking that, you know, they're crazy. They want to isolate the family from getting any help. My only objective when I'm working with people is that family I have researchers that will come, I would do my, an interview with somebody. If they wanted to talk to me for three hours and say here, because people start, their memories start getting jogged. The more they talk, I let them talk. I've had to knocking around doors, slamming my researchers. I don't have to open my mouth. They know what they need to do. Nothing is taking me away from that family. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to help somebody. It's not, it's not a researcher who should say to a family, you're lucky I'm here to help you. You know, I'm here. You're good. You're good. No. Thank you for entrusting yourself and your family to me. Let me take the weight for a little while and you just relax. And that's the way it goes. That's the way it should go anyway. True. When you're at a location and doors slam and like you're saying, all that kind of stuff and knocks, um, how do you feel? Like, it doesn't do face me. Is any part of you fear the unknown? No, I don't. Early years, I have to say things happened. Like when that thing picked up the phone, I was like, what? <laughs> the best I could do is say, you're a potty mouth. I'm like, oh, my God. I would handle that much differently now. I'd be, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I don't. I learn never to challenge things. I learn to not show my fear. Not that I don't get startled like everybody else. I mean, you know, things go on, I startle. But in the back of my mind, I always know, don't give it to them. Don't give it to them. Like, people will laugh because I think when we did, uh, we did one of the paranormal shows and we were in Romania. And at this point, we were already back to the room by now. And I'm just sitting there happy to have Wi-Fi. Meanwhile, whatever it was in the forest followed us back. Things were walking around. There was knocking around. The phone was ringing. Nobody was on it. And, you know, my my friend had her her cell phone was just going, going. She goes, are you seeing this right now? And all you see me, because of the video, she set up a camera that's going, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> my phone. I am not giving it to her. And I ended up really without any issues. It followed back to North America. And they were having issues for months But when I say acknowledgement is empowerment, you're empowering this thing by acknowledging its presence. You really do. Mindset is so important. You know, that's true. But there was a case when um, me and my friend playing around with Ouija Boy in the 80s, not knowing what we're doing. This is like Mm. mid-80s. And we left this one location. It wasn't an investigation. We were just messing around at a friend's house. And then my friend was driving the car and then we're going over the Verrazano bridge and I'm on the passenger seat and he looks at me and starts smiling and laughing and he's Mm -hmm. going over a hundred miles an hour. 
And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Slow down, man. You're going to get us killed. And he's going fast. And they're at 110, 120 mm-hmm. over the Verrazano Bridge. And it came to the um, the toll thing. And he went right through it. And I'm like, we're mm-hmm. going to get killed. And I, so what I actually witnessed, what I actually witnessed was someone getting taken over that I knew. Right. Um, and and like it was quick, wasn't it? He could have killed us. Yeah. That's um, how quick it can happen. Yeah. yeah. And this is why. And then I put the radio on and I started playing songs that we knew we would both like. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to have a conversation, like trying to mentally get his awareness to get him out of whatever's going on with him. And then he slowly, you know, slows down the car, slows up 70 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, pulls off on a, on the side street. It's like, what's happening to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll drive. I'm not sure. (laughs) Cause I wasn't sure what was happening. I wasn't aware of this now, but um, boy, you know, you gotta be careful because I asked you, Michelle, you said, no, I don't get afraid. I don't fear because acknowledgement is power. That's correct. But then I have to say, because of my experience, we have to be careful who's next to us investigating with us or doing something of intent with us. Because if they're the driver or if they're in control of any kind of machinery or they have any kind of things in their possession, you know, this it, thing will, this thing can take you out. It's um, beyond that. Even yeah. people who are not. Like I've I've had a situation. Um, a lot of people have asked me about about this situation. Um, I had done an investigation, and something followed back and affected my daughter, who had nothing to do with anything. She lost her sight. Jeez. Like that. We ha- didn't even click. Did not even click with me. Went through every test under the sun, MRIs, CAT scans, um, different optometrists, eye specialists, um, psychologists to work with maybe some kind of a, you know, like a stress situation. I mean, everything. And my family doctor who knew what I did looked at me and he goes, do you think that we can't find anything wrong? There's no reason for any of this to be happening. He goes, have you been working on something lately? That could be a problem. And I went, huh. it humbles you, you know? And, and so I had to, you know, I had to tap into this thing and just went, that's it. Like, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't returning to the location. So I'm just like, you know, and all I kept saying is like, stay away. I'm like, well, that's no problem. Cause we weren't going back anyway, but I'm like, all right. You know, and uh, people go, Oh, it's a deal with the devil. I'm like, oh, get away from me right now because you have no freaking clue. You know, what you see on television is yeah. part of the story, very small part of the story as to what really happens. But you know, almost instantly, her, her vision came back. It was never the same, but it came back almost instantly. So they have a way of infiltrating this thing, basically saying, ha, I infiltrated. I went back years later and the, the team went and we popped them out. Just, you're gone now. It took a while, but we went back and we did a complete or complete removal of him from the location. Well, that's, so, that's scary. That happened scary. in Leggins and, and Demon House. That documentary he was filming years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what we believe to be happening. Well, that's what he said on, on the documentary that he can't see. Uh, he had a problem with one of his eyes. Well, mm-hmm. look, I mean, TV, look, for entertainment purposes, television, right. movies, no creative TV. control by those in front of the camera. Right. But <laughs> the underlining and the hard surface of these it stories is true. Yeah. And I want to go back to Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was there in the mm-hmm. 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get a picture. Like, I had a big group of friends from Staten Island, and we were scavenger hunts, daredevils, and all that stuff back in the 80s. There were no cell phones, no electronics. We yeah. went to the Amityville Horror House. It was not white. I think it was like a greenish color. And we're in mm-hmm. front, and we're, it was like 10 of us. We're all taking pictures, joking around. A couple of days later, we find out from one of the people taking the pictures that we're not in the pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. We were not mm-hmm. in the pictures. The house was. The hedges mm-hmm. were. We were not in the pictures. Mm-hmm. And we blew it off like, oh, maybe it's just something with the camera back Sure. There, you know? Logic. Right. Um, but yeah. that house, you know, definitely had something to it, you mm-hmm. know. Just uh, yeah, it's just so weird. So there's so many families that have not gotten infected, but you know that mm-hmm. could happen. You no, know, it just it depends. That's why I said I think I said Mindset. this on your show. It depends on the family too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. It does. I, does. I I've I've seen it happen where people have moved into locations that you know mm-hmm. I've I've worked with people who have moved out and people move right in and they, if you don't acknowledge it. There'll be an explanation for literally everything. But if, like, I don't, the theory is obviously feed off negative energy. They can't survive in a positive environment. If you have a family that's really solid and really positive, um, you know, that that don't have maybe the same hardships as the family Mm -hmm. that was there before, they're not going to be affected the same way. I've seen it happen dozens of times. To our story, because we had the perfect life. We weren't even mm-hmm. thinking about anything paranormal. Mm-hmm. I mean, boom. It finds its way so in. So that's how to, did it find us and, and why? It finds its way in somehow through the skeletons of your past. And it, it does. Or maybe you just walked into a property that had a lot of things nearby. Maybe there's just something about you yourself, like you say, mm-hmm. that yeah. you're like, oh, wait a minute. We can, we can come in and... If they get a reaction or they they can find a weak link in your space and it's that simple, then they're in. And you, a lot of times that happens with children, you know, or that happens with maybe somebody who may have an addiction or anger issues or, you know, like, oh, we can push this person's buttons and they start pushing those buttons. You're like, oh, we're getting a reaction. Okay, we can keep doing this. Sometimes people move in. You know, I, did, I, I worked with a family who had a house on a golf course brand new golf course. Mm-hmm. It was stellar. There was just no reason. You look at the community, it's just like picture perfect, separate wives type of thing. But it was on a farm property oh. that had a lot of hardship before that. And this big golf course community gets built over top of it. What's with the land doesn't just go away because you want to pretty it up and make it look different. Wow. Like putting lipstick on a pig, it's still going to be a pig. Oh, I love pigs, just saying. But I'm just saying, you can dress it up. It doesn't take it away. It has to be removed. Yeah. Julie and I recently watched the episodes of um, 28 Days Haunted. Mm-hmm. That was just put out there on mm-hmm. um, Netflix. Yeah. We found That's it that. interesting, and, and mm-hmm. we're at the edge of our seat. And I guess the question I have for you is, now, on some of the occasions I've seen they were being affected and yeah. then afraid and leaving the rooms. Mm-hmm. Would you leave the room if the, you knew that this is one-on-one now with this thing, or would you fight back at that point in time? I would fight back because that's I, 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 what I've done. I've always done that. I've never walked so away. You wouldn't leave the I room. I don't walk away. No, I'm the one like taking care of my team. 
I've saw the episodes and I thought they were really well done. And, yeah. and like, but I thought to my, well, I mean, you have to put yourself in their situations and you have to look at what the producers want. You have to do this or this or this. We want to see, because it was based on how the Warrens would investigate something and they were pretty thorough. So they wanted to see certain steps, but to see somebody just, you know, to walk away and leave your colleague alone. Um, we you all know your limits. If you're going to t get taken over, for instance, you're no good to your colleague anyway. Step away, get a breath of air, and then and then go back. For me, I've always taken the responsibility of my researchers. So it's I don't I, I'm not the one that's going to walk away. I'm just not. So but you would stay there and fight back. Yeah. I would not leave a colleague behind. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well. No, it's let's, let's take the case with Dave yeah. Schrader. He was on an episode we've seen like a year ago, the holes of files, and then he gets kicked in the leg, mm -hmm. and then he nails down. Now, at that point in time, would you? what would you do? Because, I mean, if something is kicking you that's not there. You have you to cut your losses. I, I left the haunted forest because I had spirits saying, go now, go. You know, I see things coming down. I see a tree line coming down. I'm like. Okay. And I see spirits working really hard with energy saying, go. And I'm just like, okay, I'm out of my element. I'm not, I'm not in a, in a, in a closed space. I'm in a very big place for it. And that's, that's known to cause harm. Um, but I, again, my mindset, I'm like, I'm just gonna, you're not handing me my own ass sort of thing, but I'm going to walk out of here grace, gracefully. I'm taking my team with me because there was something on our heels the whole way out. You just have to know when to say when. If somebody's going to jump into you, you're not going to be the superhero and, oh, I'm going to fight you till the end. No. You gather your colleagues and you go. But if you have a colleague who's like, I'm not going, well, we all know how that ended. <laughs> it's like, you know, you have to know when to say when. You can't be careless. You have to be smart. Mm -hmm. And if smart is no, get out of the way, then you get out of the way. That's yeah. that simple. You just can't be the hero. You can't always be the hero in certain situations. You really do need to use proper judgment. And at this point, if the person who walked away says, I know, I know me, and I know I'm going to end up in trouble here. Yeah. And I can't sit in the situation, then you don't sit in that situation. Safety first. That's the way it goes. You just ask what I would do. I would stand my ground. But even I, I have my limits. I will walk if I've got to walk, but I wouldn't leave somebody there. That's just, again, that's just me. If I have someone being unreasonable because maybe they're, they're, you know, they're in an aggressive state of mind because they're being affected by something, you just have to keep an eye from a distance, but you keep an eye. Yeah. That's true. Hey, really quick, what do you think about, then again, really quick, I know we're running out of time, but Let's go to Emily Rose, you know, the movie, the documentary. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, it did creep me out, that's for sure. Which it did. It, it really was um, a difficult, difficult to watch as a, as a, somebody who works in that sort of, uh, you know, because I mean, those are the sort of things I work around. You know, I've seen people get stepped into. I've seen crazy things. And I'm like, oh, my God, nothing to that degree. But to see somebody get taken over, even for a moment, you know, like I just watched somebody completely dislocate their wrist to pull out a, a, a bracelet and just never broke their stare. And, went, and I was like, <laughs> what was that? 
<laughs> you know, so it's 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 frightening. Um, this this young lady endured so much, and there's a lot based on that. You know, did the church do the right thing? Did the priest do the right thing? People, academics, and courts, and that's not what their belief is. The the you know, if you can get somebody on the jury to say, "I'm a believer in that," that's great. But if you don't, you know, it's really really hard to prove. That was there negligence? There's no doubt about it. This girl just physically changed. You know, there's it was horrific for her and her family. Yeah. She was a pretty girl when you see the pictures, and then what happened to her? You like, I what? Think it was a little bit about everything. Um, they destroy the body. Yeah. Death. Oh. Ultimately, in a demonic oppression, I think the perfect scenario to end. With for anything that's that's taking over, like you know, if, if we're going to go with the Catholic or the the Christian way of things, demonic possession, then the ultimate deal is death. Ideally, you killing someone in yourself is the bonus round for them. I'm sure because it's two for one solely, you know. And I don't mean to be insensitive about it, but it's the only way I know how to explain it. Um, so that's why so many people, you know, like suicides, for example. This is they they get so. Um, they're, they're, they've just had enough and you yeah. could see where it would lead, you know, to taking your own life. And it just, it doesn't end after that. That's the problem. Wait, it doesn't what? It doesn't end. So if a person takes their life, it doesn't end at that point for that person. Not if they've got an attachment, not if, not if something's like attaching to them or oppressing them. Okay. So they're, 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 these things are, 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 beings in another realm here like these these are these are energy this is energy you know this isn't they're not that they, can they manifest yes can they project what they want you to see yes when they kill the physical it's the essence they're after they just um, they possess the physical to wear it down to, you know to break you to just if you're physically sick you have no energy you can't fight back we rely on the physical. We just drive around in these meat suits, you know, but this is, mm. this is pretty much what it is. The, the, the goal is the essence. It's the energy. That's yeah. what feeds them. Oh. Amazing. Well, I mean, this has been, you're fascinating. You're an abundance mm -hmm. of knowledge and Thank I could you. be here all day, but we are out of time. <laughs> we are. And, you know, <laughs> let's tell everybody, even though, everybody knows you where they can find you all that good stuff <laughs> well i'm pretty easy to find um, michellederoche.com or you can find me on the outer realm with michelle deroche and emilia pisano wednesday thursday nights uh 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern um always a lot of fun go check out phil and julia's uh segment that they did with us not that long ago right beginning of october find it it was excellent and um check out a few others the haunted TV show because I watch a lot. I love those episodes you're on. So, where do they find those? Um, I think Netflix has Paranormal Survivor, um, Haunted Case Files might be another one. I think they called them Paranormal Investigators in England or something. So you have to watch the names. But some of it is um, on Netflix and Amazon Prime and you know and anywhere. I mean, they rerun on Discovery mm -hmm. Channel pretty regularly. Watch one, we see our little friend Michelle sitting here. Yeah, you have a lot of knowledge and you're helping yeah. out the field with your experience. So, before Thank we you. wrap it up for Halloween 2022 edition, give us words of wisdom to the listener. Well, I always say again, acknowledgement is empowerment, but when you're researching 
say what you mean, mean what you say, follow through because words are everything. And if you turn around and you put something out there, there are things that are listening. Yeah. True. Thank wow. you so much, Michelle, for coming on Horsefly Chronicles Radio. It's been a pleasure. Julie, wrap it up. Well, thank you. Special thank you to Coronation for sponsoring the show. And join us next week, 105.3 FM from New Orleans. And stay tuned for Trish Mel with The Missing Peace. Everyone have a safe, great night, trick or treat, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Good night.